Hello and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the pre-game six uh, review where we're going to look into what our thoughts are before the game. Um, how are you feeling? Um, optimistic. I think that there's a couple key factors here. Big one being the elephant in the room and the elephant being 2,500 fans. Um, yeah, we've got, we've got fans in the building. I think... You know, you're seeing two narratives in the media the last you know, day and a half of every Habs fan going that there's going to be Habs fans in the building and saying it's going to be the biggest game changer. It's going to rile the guys up. And basically anything from Toronto's players to coaches to fans, that's basically trying to downplay play. You know, like Jason Spets said, like, yeah, we all played in front of fans. Like, yeah. we know, but you know this isn't the same thing either. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that... It, it's gonna be such a difference maker and you know to anyone who is going like be a difference maker you yeah. know don't go and sit there on your phone don't go yeah that'll like, piss like, off like if i want to see like people's i was there standing up the whole time yeah you gotta you gotta you're there for a purpose you're like almost part of the team yeah at that point so. literally a six man on the ice especially since you know we're you know it's, it's about you know, ten percent capacity. So, like, you you need to basically basically the loudness water. of yeah. ten people. So, don't let us down there because you know this is gonna be a huge X factor for us. And I, I really don't think it will. And this is you and I were talking about. about even if I spent that much money, I would I, <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting down. So I I basically the main thing for me with this also with them being in the building is just. Um, like I said, I think the biggest people it'll, it'll have the effect on are obviously the rookies, positively for us, negatively for Toronto, and also I think a big thing will be the goaltending. I don't think goalies who are typically zone, they're not used to that kind of like uproar every time there's a shot, mm. and it really might get in Jack Campbell's head, especially, you know what, he's, he's been good, obviously, but he hasn't been phenomenal yeah he he has yeah he, he's, he's, he's his percentage tells you a different story yeah. you know it's kind of hard to speculate because we haven't tested really but i'm just saying that save safe for currently may not re- reflect his actuality just because we've basically shot on the guy one game well that's it and when we did we put up for four because even game one like game one we we you know, we came out hard but it looked a lot like um, you know, game two and three, which we lost. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we didn't. It was almost we were, a coin flip. Yeah, we were having trouble generating on offense, and, and you know, you just Byron. I don't know, have a not really a team effort. Just yeah, kind that of was a, a Byron effort. So effort. you know, it doesn't tell you much about the team at that point. That was more of a Byron thing. So other than that, that's one goal. Then that kind of tells you the story up until game five, and then and then game five, we just you know flipped the switch. Where you know. Uh, well, it's desperation mode. That's like the Canadians yeah. thrive on pressure. Um, and what, what you and I were discussing before that I'm really interesting is if Canadians get through this game with even a, you know, I, I'm hoping for a commanding win tonight, um, especially with the fans there. Going back to Toronto Game 7, you got to think the, the Leafs are ahead. You know, it's yeah. like I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. We have to think about tonight. But, you know, they, they have much PTSD from first round on Game 7. Yeah. I think it's like, how many years in a, in a row now has happened? And, like, the, the panic will set in. And to even expand on that, I think, like, you know, period one is going to be super crucial. Because yeah. if we can get into Campbell and, and make feel like, oh, oh crap, maybe we can't do this, um, you know, that'll be key, you know. Yeah. I, uh, you know, again, like we said last game, I, I think our key here is to, you know, 
take the lead and don't lose it. Um, you know, we're not going to be a team that, you know, cat, cat, uh, we're not going to be the team that comes back from a three, nine, nothing. Like no. we're not going to do what the we're least did. Guys. Um, you know, so we don't, uh, we don't, don't want to be training. And I think that the key is to kind of play like last game, you know, make those grind goals, uh, right up, right up. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, roster moves that we know about. Um, there are speculations. We don't know for sure about Leck and Nevins coming, coming back in, um, Kulak is in for Merrill. And then I just, I do want to talk about... Off an injury. Yeah, I think I think we know when he got hurt. From, I can remember he, it was, he it was pretty big. It was almost like a... He caught on someone's stick or something. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, a trip, yeah. but it was like... Just, he went awkward. Yeah. He went down awkwardly. Um, you even, a, I remember you even like, oh, how did he get up from, from that? I just, yeah. it looked very like contorted. And just, yeah. it, looked, it looked more awkward than it did look like hard, mm. you know? But, um, yeah, because, you know, people are going to see that and go, Romanov, Romanov, Romanov. And, like, I, I do think in defense of the Canadians' decision, one clack isn't a bad option. No. It wasn't like they were putting in Willette over Romanov. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is, you know, in this same way, I think the fans will benefit, you know, a guy like Gallagher, Toffoli, Anderson, those guys. I think it could have a negative impact on Romanov to the, to the degree of, you know, the, 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 he's playing in front of the, front of the fans. He's got a chance to, let's say, like, lay out Nylander, but it could lead to a two-on-one. Like, like he, I think he takes the hit. Yeah, I also, this might sound a little silly. Just getting but, caught in the hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This might sound a little, a little silly, but, you know, it's like, look at Rasmus Sandin, all those brutal chances he gave up last time. Very similar situation with Romanov, where, you know, rookie, rookie fan defense hasn't played a lot, except the, the, the stakes are much higher. It's like... You know, the Leafs are going to win by scoring. They're not going to win by shutting us down. They mm-hmm. have, but kind of on our own, our own award. We shut it ourselves. But with, so San, Rasmus Sandin's defense isn't as critical as Roman's defense would be. Like, we can't allow the Leafs to score. So having a guy, like, rolling a rolling die on a guy like like Romanov is much bigger than Sandin. And that's why Sandin's being. But um, um, my point there is, is, um, where was I going with that? Um... Yeah, it's, it's, it's it, like those big hits he's gonna gonna want to take to make make his impact and kind of like look, look up at Drury. I'm kind of worried that he would prioritize that and kind of leave someone in the dust. Oh yeah, this is what I wanted to say. With the increase, <clears throat> with the increased sound, the fans, even even if it's just 200 people, you know, it's it's commitment of the noise. Hopefully, closer to half if people pick it up. But um, you know, this might sound silly, but I guarantee you, it's an, it's, it's a non, it's not a, you know, a zero contributor. But, if you need the Kulak to communicate with them and he can't yeah. hear properly because the fans like overdo it, which I hope they do, then uh, all of a sudden we can be looking at even more uh, turnovers. Or, or, yeah, so, yes, yeah, since there's a huge language barrier too. Well, that's it. There's a lot of yo and hey and yeah. up and just, just quick sound yeah. almost just to kind of you know get each other. But if Kulak's cool going hey, 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 but he can't hear him because this is through a big hit. And like yeah. the fan, the fans are roaring. You know, it's gonna be not and good. Yeah, and you have to weigh that up. I don't think this is the worst thing in the world to not have him playing, no. especially like you know. I do think think he's one who this series would be very very important against a Winnipeg. Yeah. But the idea is like, you kind of have a game plan you're going with. It also it also the the worst case scenario is you put him in and he ends up being like basically what Sandin or Galchenyuk was. The uh, like mm-hmm. last game because then the city for, for 
better or worse has passion and and they will, will turn on him and eat him yeah and don't want that for him because he like you don't want to scare this guy off for no, no reason like because you know, he has options he has options option. and also just like i i put myself in this situation you're a 20 year old kid you just moved across the world away from your family you had to basically live like like without the language barrier without any, like you just basically completely yeah. bought in and then thrown to the wolves on a do or die situation you're gonna feel like against the best offense in the yeah, exactly that's what i mean i mean like it's like you put all that like at this point i mean he's he's, he's apparently from like what the, the media and what the other players are saying he's got an incredible attitude and he loves being mm-hmm. here and everything I mean, i'm not worried about him like leaving to another city or anything i just mean like personally myself if i was then this committed to something, and then I basically got benched up until the point of a do-or-die situation, and then put put in Rusty, basically. And then that one mistake, realistically, defensemen are going to be the one who screw up the most. Yeah, if they do screw up, it's much more risk. Well, that's it. If and Caulfield whiffs on a shot, nothing else. Plus, you know, it might be tough to see Caulfield and, and, uh, and, and Caulfield go to their bench, too, but I'm sure Berger may spoke to him, and, like, it's no... It's no mystery that our defense is far more complete than our offense. And, like, you know, he needs, uh, needs guys up in offense. But, you know, we have so many defensemen that can play this game that, you know. Yeah, I also just don't see Romanov as the guy who thinks, like, I should be on the first pair with Jeff Petrie. I should be with Shea. Yeah, I know, like, I know not the first pair, place, but I, I know he's gruntled about not playing. I, like, I know of that. course, because he's yeah. a professional athlete. He's yeah. competitive. But I think he understands that the goal of the Montreal Canadiens is to have this guy as a staple in our top four for the next 15-20 yeah. years. And yeah, so and he's almost like paying his dues now. Yeah, if you didn't understand that he wouldn't be here. Exactly. So I'm not worried about it. Um, you know, keeping Gustafsson in, I, you know, I'm okay with that. I, I don't, they change as little as possible from last game. With the exception of if Arturi Lekkinen and Jake Evans come back, yeah. then you mix things up. I think you, you know, you know you know, I've been defending, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of these guys for a long time now. I mean, realistically, we're not benching to fully. You maybe pull it to the tar out and put Lekkanen in. Yep. Uh, because, you know, it's not so, like, I understand Tar is not having a great, great playoff run. But, like, again, we have to look at these matchups. Like, his his role right now is not to score. Okay, like, yeah, and, and he's that's not, why he's he, not a particularly defensive player. Yeah, yeah he, he's been the defender. Like, he's not, he's not he's fantastic. Responsible. He's responsible. I mean, responsible. like, the fact that his role right now is yeah. to shut down but it's, is it's, almost, like, not using him to what yeah. he should be but used the reason, reason why he's the reason why he's in that role is basically just because he's glued to Deno. And, that, yeah. and that's Deno's role, so he, he's doing that. And, well, you know, he's doing a good job at it. I mean, Matthews and Marner have been basically silent the entire time um but again i i think he's getting some some you know not deserved criticism because he's generating a lot of chances what, what i think happens with him is that like we said uh, i forget how many episodes ago but he has that reputation kind of slowing down offensively in in the playoffs and people are seeing like that same trend right now and they're not willing to look at what else he's doing they're yeah. just saying here we go this guy isn't showing up in the playoffs yeah. which, which, which i don't think is justified in terms of you know criticizing him because this is someone who was i think two years in a row our top yeah. point producer and was a top producer this year three or four, top three or four something like that like this is a guy who shows up and yeah he doesn't always play that role in the playoffs however at the same time again like you like like you said you have to consider his job right now has been like, like Mitch Mark does not make plays yes yeah, exactly and like 
Mitch Marner has making plays. Matthews hold, hasn't think been about scoring. that line, guys. I mean, like we're talking Matthews, Murray, a lot to, to think about defensively. Like yeah. you got to really, really, you know, make sure that you're not over pinching. And I'm sure that gets in his head. But you know, I uh, the reason I keep coming to his aid again is just because we have guys who aren't in a defense match matchup to full like Gallagher, who are also not the thing. And that's it. And I find people are specifically going after Tatar. Like, I, I don't understand well, that. that. I mean, it's also worth saying, you know, like, this isn't, uh, you know, any ground breaking but you're also, also a big Tom Tatar Yeah, fan. I love Tatar. So, like, I also, also love also, Gallagher. Exactly. And it's, and it's like, not, I'm saying it's natural yeah. to be like, no, no, I recognize the value in that yeah. player. But I mean, like, I'm saying completely taking my, myself out of it just to be almost like a mediator of this. I think, like... You're not wrong, and so is the other side no, of it, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. why when you turn around and say, like, yeah, maybe he either comes out of the lineup or has a lesser role. In my mind, like, I almost, almost I could almost see them flip, flipping to Foley, where Tatar yeah. plays with Suzuki and Caulfield to really just get the offense going. Because Toffoli's a defensive, and, so that's a defensively really strong player. Yeah, and also, Tatar has been getting chances that's in it. a role where he shouldn't be generating well, chances. It. Like, maybe if you play with Suzuki and Caulfield... Another thing too, though, is is if you do pull Tatar, you put Lekkinen in there because if that lines for defense anyway, anyway yeah, like Lekkinen-Dano will basically just treat a penalty kill, yeah, and like just kill off that like you know kill off Matthews, Marner, and Hyman like like that very significant role. Yeah, and Lekkinen specifically, I've noticed this for a couple of years now. He handled Austin Matthews very yeah. well, like, like weirdly well. Yeah. I don't know what it is. The only thing with that is though that I, you know, if we do move on, I don't, want, I don't want to speculate on Winnipeg, but I don't don't want a, a, um, a low confidence Thomas Tatar going into Winnipeg yes, because I that'll that. hurt big time. Again, that that could almost work to his benefit. He he's does play that well, young yeah. guy when he's benched. Very yeah, and then a man comes in, they're like, all right, you're playing with. Suzuki and Caulfield go out there, and he'll put up three assists. Then. Yeah, and another thing I'm not too worried about with Tatar is, is like, you know, Foley. I have seen a lot of emotion from Tatar. Like I'm counting, like this guy's broken at least four sticks on the bench. Yeah, yeah no, no, he's, he's angry. He's jumping in the penalty box when he scored that shorted goal from Byron. Yep. Like the guy's excited. He finishes every check, so, so it's it's not like he's. Like Toffoli, I'm more worried about not because he scores more goals than Tatar, and he's they're both quiet. I'm more worried because he's not like like pack play player defensively now. Like he's not doing his 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 job defensively. Like it's not that he's a liability, but he's not like uh, he's not a star out there defensively right yeah. now, which which like he usually is. He's also not shooting. He totally losing. He's had a rough series. Also not hitting. Not that he's a big hitter, but like. At least in the playoffs, like throw your body around a little well, that's bit. It. He's he's just he's had a very rough series. I don't know what's with him. So, 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 so can't click. It's a match made in heaven, but they can't do it. Now. It's so weird. I'd I throw don't... Tatar in there though. I I, I really think it would do them a lot of good because I think also it would just allow Tatar to kind kind of have more, uh, not not free reign, but just, you know he kind of just he he finishes more. Then he actually starts plays. Yeah. Like, like he is a goal scorer. That's what people people kind of. He, he's one of those guys who can't really do the playmaker or sniper. Yeah, it depends who he's. But, but he with. really is a goal scorer. Like when it comes down mm -hmm. to it, whenever you listen to his teammates talk about it, it's always his ability got a to great finish. Shot. And just like you know, Suzuki's got just that hockey IQ that's through the roof. He'll find and he he's played well with Tatar. Yeah. How many times have we seen those 
like boards to boards, you yeah. know, passes to each other. And also, I just feel like this is something I've talked about is this whole is a lot more complete player than people think he is, including me. Mm -hmm. I think he's got a lot more of like a head on his shoulders. He's not just like a goal scoring machine. He also plays. Well, the fact that the cat started cutting off, the fact that he passed that on that two on zero well, makes me more confident. And and that's exactly how Gary Price put it. He said he's a composed player. He's the one who made the, the interception. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. So he was smart defensive read. Then he made this like the cool, calm, and collected pass back to Suzuki because I mean. I'm being completely honest. If it's a 2-0 in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'm going in, and I'm, I I know no Caulfield, I'm doing that every time. Well, yeah. And I also, want that. Like, I personally want that. <laughs> yeah, I also, like, you know, maybe that's not why I'm not a professional athlete, but I, I'd be, you know, mortified to fuck that pass. Like, all of Jack Campbell's carry ice, that stick's coming out, and, yeah. and that paddle's blocking that pass, and all of a sudden you look like a moron. Yep. And, like, that would petrify me. But well, that's it, that's it. So it's just one of those things of, like... Carey Price would have gone, sure. <laughs> Price would have, well, Carey Price probably would have taken a drink of water while they were coming up. Yeah. He, that guy has no, like... I know. Anything. I, I said, his, his his heart rate would be, like, in the low 20s. It's almost like he's, like, a sociopath or something like I, that. I, see, he's the thing, like, to, to a funny degree, like, if you told me, like, he was a sociopath, like, I'd believe him. Yeah. But I, I also just think, like, he's one of the guys who just, like, weirdly funny, you know? You know? I get that vibe from him. But, but, um, like, very dry. Yeah, yeah, just, like, he just, like, and, like, his his big joke will just be, like, the corner of his, like, mouth smiles. He doesn't, like, laugh. But um, I just think Tarka could do, it, it could do, do him some good, and it'll also just spark him. Because once he gets going, then it's, like, it's it's over with. I what just, about Armia? Yeah, Army has been sneaky good this series. Yeah, yeah. I don't realize that he is like, like our leader on the team. Yeah. But I just think just don't touch what like is what what's working. Just don't touch it. Yeah, that's that's the better. And I was thinking about this. We do have to make some changes. Just change the line that aren't working. If Evans available, what do you do? That's that's tough, man. Because like I think I'd keep Saul. I just see that he's yeah. been playing well. So, I I think you know Saul. Um, is rightfully so, I think, making a lot of Habs fans kind of uh, rescind their criticism. Of the, yeah. Actually, no. Like, I stand by my criticism of during the regular season because oh, awesome. he played yeah. like shit. Like, during the regular season, he played like shit. But then again, I think, you know, there's certain veteran players I, I can think of that uh, I can even think of, you know, like, uh, like Joe Thornton and stuff like that who are just, like, they just don't want to deal with the regular season anymore. Yeah, they they're they're kind of done with it. They save their energy for the playoffs. And I think Eric Stahl is just like, you know, you know this is like my uh, my 15th regular season. I'm, uh, you know, not really feeling this. Yeah. I'm going to put in the effort, but, you know, I'm not going to, you know, at myself up like I'm 21 years old and then go. It's, 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 this isn't, and obviously, he's not. He held their meetings for that game. That's you know what I mean. I was like, over Shea about. Weber. Like, think about that. So that's I really like that. That's. It just shows like he he, he knows what he's here for. He recognizes yeah, exactly that he's been brought in to be a like a leader and almost like a, a general sense of like he's seen this before, mm -hmm. you know, and he knows what it takes. I mean, I don't know if you remember really the Carolina Edmonton series, but they, like, they were the heavy. Dogs. Like, like Edmonton was supposed to win that cup. Yeah, yeah. He just took over. Do you see? Um, speaking of, of Stall, um, we have two notable mentions on our face-offs against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, one, um, guess Philip Deno's face-offs against the Leafs. Uh, is it going to shock me one yeah. way or the other? Yeah. 56? 
66%. Oh, wow, okay. Okay. And guess the stalls. That one I know is going to be weird. It's going to be highly, what is he, like 55? 59%. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like... So, and and, and and take that with a, uh, you know, whatever you want to take it with, because game one against Austin Matthews, uh, game two, sorry, against Austin Matthews, uh, I'm going to get the stat wrong, game two against Austin Matthews, Philip Denbo was one for nine in yeah, the face of Kokita. He had a brutal night. So he's adaptable. He's very adaptable. Like, he learned something that Austin Matthews started doing. I noticed Matthews started shooting his, his, um, his, um, left seat into the, into the face circle, um, in game two against Deno, and I think that was like almost you Deno's move. Like if you notice Deno when he kind of rotates with his stick, yeah, yeah, yeah. his other leg in, and yeah, off the puck. Yeah. So I think you do that, but you know you're against the guy who's 45 pounds heavier than you. It starts yeah. to not work. So yeah. he's always done something. But the thing is, Deno's talent in the face-off circle, where he comes back and he's like, I think those were all my tricks. Yeah. <laughs> keep in mind too, though, game two is when we had like nine penalties. Yeah. So like he was taking a lot of face-offs, and like he's probably extremely tired. What's well, it? And I, I also just think it's important to say, to say too, like this this is something then this, this off season regardless of when the off season happens, Deno is gonna take a bag of pucks. He's gonna go with Suzuki, kid out. and he's gonna do do literally like I'm not king. I, I don't know if it's a time thing thing. It's a repetitions thing. I would say it's a repetitions thing. However long it takes, they should do a hundred face offs mm-hmm. on the ice together. Like do ten, ten sets of like. 10 different face offs. I think they have to approach this almost like like their training, like their periodization. Like yeah. they, he has to learn how to do this because uh, he'll never take that one C hole and be successful at that kind of face off. Like, you know, when you're, I know he finished a little bit better, but like when you're sub 40% face offs, like you're all of a sudden, like, you know, you're, you're out there for two minutes two minute night. It's like, like you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to win 30% face offs. Well, that's the like, thing. And it's like, like I'm literally thinking about it now. I'm like doing, Sean Monahan. I'm creating Sean drills. Monahan's better faceoffs, right? I think he's. You think he's yeah, I, I'm, I'm, like trying think, I'm trying to think. who was bad. Oh, well, McDavid and, never breaks fifty. I think it was. It was either. It wasn't McDavid. I was thinking of someone on on Calgary for some reason. But yeah, it was I don't good. Know. No, it was bad. Oh, no, no, sorry, Vancouver Pedersen. Oh, Pedersen. Yeah, he's, he's, he's terrible. But again, like. You know, you know, Suzuki's me a phenomenal player. I don't think he's gonna quite get up to that level uh, of Elias Pettersson. So, you know, Pettersson, it's like as faceoffs suck, but like, you know, look, he, but he's, he's yeah. potentially Suzuki's more of a complete player, and yes. like, I, we need him to, you know, if he's gonna be slightly above average in all these domains, he needs to be slightly above average in all those. I'm, I'm drawing up, up the drill in my head because it's like I really don't know this complicated. There's five circles on the ice. Yeah, you do twenty each to get every angle. And within those 20, all you have to do is, like, one's going to be on your forehand, one's going to be on your back, and one, one's boxing someone yeah. out, one's going to be uh, falling on it. And the pairs. thing is, like, you, you know, you use, for that drill, you use, um, you know, you use stall and deno. Yeah. Because those, those are very different face-off takers. It goes much more, more speedy, uh, speedy on, the, on, the, on the drop, whereas a stall really leans his body yeah, into and it. Yeah, and I'd almost want them to get, like, almost like a gauntlet of players. Like, I don't care... What they're there, but I, I want right hand guys, I want some left hand guys, I want some small guys, some big guys. I know it's exactly that. You just you make him go up against this. But if he's doing a hundred days off set the day for how many months off season gonna be? It's four or five months. You know. Yeah. I, and another that, thing. That's thousands. Yeah. Another thing too is like um, 
you know, if you're, if you're, if you can successfully, I'm not, not asking him to beat Philip Deno in the face levels, he'll, he'll, he'll beat Philip Deno in the no, face levels. No, there's level, a certain level of just can, natural talent. Yeah, if he can well. get up to, against Philip Deno, so like if he's 30, if he's, let's say he finished with 42% in the, in the regular season, realistically, every single one of those draws against Philip Deno, he would have finished with like, like 30. Yeah. Realistically. But if he can take that 30 and bring it up to 40 against Philip Deno, which would bring up high 40 in the regular, right, 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 like the general centerman and population in the NHL, then, you know, there's not many face off takers out there that are going to be better than Philip Deno. I mean, like, you got Patrice Bergeron, you got Ryan O'Reilly, um, like, that's really, really The rest are like, yeah, they're good. Like, Giroux was great. Yeah. Doesn't really play center all that much. So he, you know, he might take one against them, but like, He's around the same as Deno. I mean, like he's at like plus or minus minus two percent. And this percent, is the other but, thing but, too is like, I don't think Zuki's the type of guy who he won't work on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like this is like a glaring issue yeah. because like if, if he all of a sudden starts winning like like fifty two percent of his faceoffs, I think his point totals go from he was a point seven points per game to that point per game. Yeah. And that's gonna be the difference because that's gonna be the difference of him. Well, team, team having possession. Uh, that's one thing too. I, you know, I, 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 I think I undervalued before this season, and like I, we we saw so many examples of it this season. But how important, um, you know, getting a proper call on icing or uh, yeah. not missing the puck well, is because we saw. Yeah, exactly. Like like those, you know, Nealanders just off the draw right in two games ago. I think it's like yeah, how many times have we seen it we've, we've seen this season so many times so like it's uh you know it's important to get possession like that because if you flip those chances and all of a sudden you have your, you know those face-off wins are going a coffee field and he snaps it right off the, the draw i mean it's gonna lead to a lot of chance yeah so that's exactly offensive offensive and offensively it's it's definitely important he's working on that i'm trying to think of other lines uh yeah so i'd sit evans out i'd keep stalling if he's available yeah that was the only thing is like Lekinen, just, um, there's no one i'm willing, willing to, to, to push right now on like that I think are are worth taking on the line because yeah. obviously you could say like well Toffoli should have some kind of percussion but, but like you can't take Toffoli him out. is one of those things where it's like you can't um, just you know, know in terms of goals you're stretching the elastic band to a point now so far that it's about to snap and like and by snap, I mean is like he he's a, he has to score. I mean, like, he can go just like by goals, yeah. yeah, just by like you know the statistics of this of this season, like the yeah. last bands on like its last uh, millimeter here. I also and, like, just he, think like he just has a rough. Time. I mean, th- this is why I did all the, the number I'm watching for the playoff series start. I said like don't rely on Tyler Foley. He has not showed up against Toronto, and it stayed completely accurate. Yeah. You know, like we saw exactly what was gonna happen. And, by the numbers, you know, you can be perfectly accurate, but the idea is, like, we said, we were, like, we're going to need to see a lot of contributions from, we said, Suzuki, and Anderson, and Tatar, and the guys had slow starts, look, their starts were slow, yeah. we had bad first half of the series. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say, well, not the only thing, we have a few other things to talk about, I wanted to bring up, um, oh yeah, so, if we were going to make, like, a lineup change with the forwards... Um, you know, Lekkanen potentially for Tatar. The only thing I'm I'm sure they won't do it for is that Lekkanen is is good to go. He's definitely definitely not a percent. And I don't think they're gonna throw him into a, into a first line position. Yeah, right he's not gonna go play eighteen minutes. Yeah. So Tatar, I think staying. Then another thing too too is that we're forgetting that Tatar's well, one Tatar has points this this series. That's yeah, no, he hasn't been absent. It's points. more like yeah. we, it, it hasn't been what you expect. No, and it's, and it's specifically in the goal column. I think that's what people are expecting. I think he has two assists, but like again, like we need a goal column. We're not, we're not scoring, but 
the thing is, is those people for two, his matchup is Mitch Marner, who's like a very underrated penalty killer. Like, he's a phenomenally he's a phenomenal, defensive player. He's he's player. Marner guy on Tatar. You know what I mean? So, so it's you know, I can almost be ten on the right wing, kind of yeah. throw them off. He can get a, bit, a lot more done with Hyman. Like Hyman. You know, fantastic he's offensive zone. Than Marner, he's not as agile. His not back as check smart. is his doesn't. If you look, you look at him when comes back to the he's the guy hovering around the blue line because he can't keep up with Marner. No, absolutely. So not. Mo- I mean, that means that most people can't. Yeah, he's like, got a he's got to kind of get a head start for them to get those two two, two, two yep. on one. So Hyman's always always hot, and I think if you bring Tatar there, just with how much um, uh, Anderson struggling, um, Anderson against Marner might be a better matchup. But again. Don't change anything to the game. I, yeah. I just keep going. I, I do need... Just fight like hell. Yeah. Everyone just fight for every inch of ice. Two, I, I think the guys who are going to benefit most from the crowd tonight will, will be Tan and Coffee. Yes, absolutely. And I think... Uh, the, the biggest negative, probably Jack Campbell. Yeah, on our team, I'm thinking the, the, you know, the biggest negative... Um, will be i think we'll see a few more lapses in communication which are you know very detrimental mm-hmm. to the to the halves especially like on our breakout and i can see that mostly affecting petrie yeah i could see that at the same time i you know great game that, yeah yeah i just i think that if like as, as a whole though the defense are just gonna love having mm-hmm. the fans back and like i don't know we'll, we'll just have to wait to see honestly i don't want to start making too many predictions about yeah. what's gonna happen but, uh, hopefully uh, do you hear anything about anything about Fiona? is he back I think it's game time decision, from what I understand. I haven't heard anything big about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, because that's a, you know always see a big uh, contributor. Uh, yeah, so so that's it. I think we're I think we're good. Looking forward to tonight, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the first intermission. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail or direct message us on Instagram, at HabsPuckDrop. We'll see you next time.